You're listening to a message from Victory Church of the Bay Area. For more information, please visit us on our website at victoryus.org. Great to be back here. Um, we are continuing our series on the parables of Jesus Christ. And uh, there, are, there are many parables that Jesus taught um, during his ministry, uh, during his time here on the earth. But we're just going to highlight about eight. Of them, and uh, we started a series last uh, week with Pastor Gilbert Foliente, and so we're going to continue this. And um, for those of you who are here for the first time, uh, my name is Neil Bernardino. I'm the pastor of this church, and um, I'm glad that uh, you're here with us. Thank you for taking the time to be here uh, and to worship Jesus with us, and also to learn from His words. So, you know, how many of you like stories? You like stories, right? And um, you know, um, stories draw people draw people's attention. Uh, we like, just uh, the other day I was watching, uh, or yes, actually uh, yesterday morning, I was, I chanced upon a story of, um, of a person from um, somewhere in the Midwest who, when he was like uh, eight years old, gave a shoebox, wor- um, you know, filled with toys during Christmas. And how many of you have done that before? You know, you gave, um, I think, what do you call it? Uh, Operation Christmas Child, right? So, and so, and then in the Phil- and it was sent to the Philippines, and there was uh, a recipient there. And uh, so the donor gave, um, um, placed a picture, uh, his picture there inside the box. And, and so to cut the long story short, um, they began to, uh, you know, connect through Facebook many years later. Uh, and then, you know, God worked, out in their, worked it out in their hearts. They ended up uh, marrying each other. You know, so, so, and it, it was a really good story, so, but, uh, but I was drawn to it, and there's something about stories that draw people, and, and um, we like funny stories, um, stories invigorate us, stories uh, inspire us, stories entertain us, um, stories also inform us, and there are stories that transform us, and these parables are stories that that, that uh, speak of God's truth, God's word, and that brings transformation into our lives, okay? So with that, I'd like to request everyone to stand and turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 8. <clears throat> we're going to be reading verse 1 and then skip to verse 4, and then we're going to be reading up to verse 8. <clears throat> Luke 8, verse 1. Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. Verse 4, And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and choked it. And some fell into good, good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that we are part of this, your great story. 
this grand narrative of, of, of our redemption and the redemption of humanity and all of creation. And Father, as we, as we participate in your story, Lord, we recognize that our stories are intertwined with yours. And Lord, I pray that during the next um, six weeks, seven weeks, including today, Lord, that we would hear stories that would open our eyes to your truth and that would open our eyes to kingdom truth that we can live in and the truth that will transform us. Lord, we just thank you for this time and we ask that you would teach your people through your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may all take your seats. Uh, again, as we've seen here, the setting here is Jesus had been traveling from town to town, village to village, preaching the gospel, uh, preaching the good news of the kingdom. And crowds were gathering to him. And when he saw the crowds, he spoke this parable. Now remember, he was preaching the good news and he was speaking God's word of hope to them. Okay, um, the message of the kingdom of God. And, <clears throat> and when he saw the crowds, he said a parable. Now, it's, it's amazing how Jesus, uh, you know, takes everyday life, you know, everything from everyday life, and weave a story that would communicate or convey um, kingdom truth, or, you know, or kingdom truth, kingdom realities. And uh, he drew upon that uh, story uh, from from that field and many scholars believe that he was in a place where people really do so you know he was he was in a place where he was in an agrarian place uh, much of israelite society it's uh, is is either agrarian or they're all fishermen okay so if you if they live near the mediterranean their their main economy was fishing but when they live further inland their economy is agrarian. So Jesus used an imagery to, in his story that is familiar to everyone. Everyone could relate to. And as he spoke about, <clears throat> about a sower sowing seeds uh, into, different, uh, in, in, uh, into different places. And some fell on the path. Um, some fell on rocky places. Some fell among thorns. And some of those seeds fell on good Okay, and it's as we look at this, the elements of this story of the parable we see the sower, um, we see seeds, and the soils or the places where the seeds are sown. But as you look at the, the entire parable, you see that uh, the sower was just mentioned once, but what was focused on was the seeds. Okay, so and the, the places where the seeds were sown. So that's what we're going to be focusing here today. <clears throat> Um, and then, without explanation, after <clears throat> saying those things, now remember, um, you can, if you're agrarian, you can pretty much relate with what Jesus is saying. And by the time he, he, uh, he got to the fourth type of, of soil, the good soil, they're saying, yes, that's good. And, and of the four types of soils, um, there was only one that worked. All the three types you know, were, did not bear fruit. The reason why you plant seeds <clears throat> or you sow seeds is because you expect a harvest from that seed. Okay, how many of you have ever planted a seed before? Have you planted before? Um, you know, when, I was, when we moved to, from the city of Manila to the southern city of Las Piñas in, way back in, I think, in 1984, uh, I, you know, I was so 
I was so happy that we had a backyard because living in the city of Manila, you know, you, did, you rarely get a backyard there. So, so, but in the south, we had a backyard, a, a big backyard. So I started planting seeds. And for, for one, whole <clears throat> one whole year, in most of our vegetables, we didn't buy them. We got them from, our back, from my, from my, from my plant, quote unquote, plantation. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and so here, the crowds were looking at this. Yes, it was making sense. The seed that was sown on good soil will be the, the ones, the seeds sown on good soil will be the ones that will flourish and bear fruit. And they're kind of waiting for the explanation of that. And then without explaining, he then said, he who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, Jesus didn't explain the parable. And he left them hanging with that. Okay, so what's the message? How many of you remember your your literature class or your English classes where you had to analyze poems and sometimes um, stories. My son, um, Luigi, brought home a story from his English class and um, he made Miguel read it and Miguel said, I don't get it. I don't get the story. And so I read it and there's really no point to the story. There really is no point to the story. So, but that was the whole exercise is for you to see uh, what the story is about. And, um, and they were wondering, what is this story about? There's something to it. Now, he's not talking about actual seeds. He's using the seeds as an analogy uh, for something that is deeper, a reality or a truth that, is, that he's communicating to us. What is it? So they were wrestling with this, with this. And then Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. In other words, try to decode what I'm trying to say. If you have ears, you will hear it. Okay, let him hear what I'm trying to say here. Imagine the tension that this statement brought. What did he mean? What, did, what, does, what does the seed mean? Okay, so, and they were resting with it. Now, the question here is, so the question here is, um, where is that? How are we listening to God and receiving his word. This is the whole point of the parable. Okay, now remember, a seed is sown and the soil receives the seed. And as we will see later on, the seed is actually God's word that is to be received in the hearts of people. The question is, how are we receiving God's word? How are we receiving and how are we listening to his word? Now, in verse 9, we can see there, when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he explained it to them. So, but it, it's interesting, the disciples, after Jesus was talking to the crowds, the disciples, those who were close to him, those who were, whose hearts were for him, those who were following him, okay, uh, those who call him Master and Lord, so those disciples came up to Jesus and asked him, Lord, Master, what does this parable mean? So they heard the parable. Interestingly, they did not understand it. They were as confused as the crowds. <laughs> but they wanted to know more. Because they knew Jesus. 
He's not just going to give you a story and leave you hanging. There's, some, there's a truth to it. That, that there's an eternal truth to all the things he says that, w- that can be applied in, in, our, in, our, in their lives. So they wanted to know the truth. And can we, can we be like that, though? That even though we, when we hear and we don't understand, do we come to Jesus and ask him for, for, you know, to explain it to us, to reveal it to us? Okay? And Jesus said to them, uh, let, me, let me go there. That's verse 9. Um, Jesus said to them, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. The word secrets here uh, in some translations uh, is translated as mystery. Okay, how many of you like mysteries? Stories, uh, you know, the genre is a is mystery. And, you know, with God, there is a certain mystery. A mystery is something that you can't just understand logically, but you know it's there. It's mysterious. You can't explain it, but it's there, okay? And God is so transcendent and He's so infinite that there is no way for us to completely comprehend Him and completely understand Him in our finite, oops, in our finite minds. Sorry. I have, a, I have, I have back pain, so better be careful here so I don't, don't want to add to my injuries. <laughs> Um, so we can't comprehend an infinite God in our finite or limited minds. So there is always a realm of God that will be mysterious to us. And God does not reveal everything to us. He only reveals what is necessary for us to trust in Him. Okay, so, you know, there are a lot of things about God that, that we can't explain, but we know are true. And that's a mystery. And and for a lot of people, they grapple with it. They try to understand it. But to the disciples, here's the thing. To the disciples, to these original disciples, and to those who will follow Jesus uh, through their teaching later on, the secrets or the mysteries of the kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom. Now remember, Jesus was preaching the message of the kingdom. And then here, he spoke of a parable you know, speaking of the mysteries of God, of God's kingdom, and he said to them, to you are given the secrets of the kingdom of God. <laughs> but for others, they are in parables. So that, it's interesting in the ESV, it renders it so that. But the real sense here, if you look at the, its uh, parallel um, account in Matthew, it says there, I speak to people in parables because even though they're seeing, they cannot see. Even though they're hearing what I'm saying, they cannot hear. He was quoting from Isaiah. Okay, how many of you know people like that? Even if you pre- share the truth to them, they can't understand it. They don't see it. And they don't embrace it and don't believe it. How many of you know people like that? How many of you were like that? How many of you are like that today? That no matter what I say, no matter what... I'm not going to believe you. you. See, people are like that at times. And so, for those who are, whose hearts are cultivated, and for those who's, whose hearts are for Jesus, and are given to God, given to Christ, God gives them revelation of the secrets of the kingdom of God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? 
Now, there are those people who read this and say, oh, the Bible has a code. You know, each, each letter of the Bible, each word has a secret code that you have to decode. You know, so a lot of people buy into that. Okay? <laughs> so, you know, God, God will make it plain to you. The problem is God's word is not complicated. What complicates it is our understanding of it. And our understanding is affected by our hearts, how we receive God's word. Okay? So, so here, to those who do not understand, I speak to them in parables. In a way, that's also a judgment unto them. But to those whose hearts are cultivated by God, those parables open the door for them to, to find and receive the secrets of the kingdom of God. And he said to his disciples, these secrets I have given to you. Okay? You have been given. God has given you that access and that privilege to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Remember some in, 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 um, in one of the epistles of Paul, you know, um, the mystery that once was hidden has now been revealed. That is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, this mystery is now revealed, and Paul was proclaiming it, okay? And then, also, the Bible, does, it, sa it says in Corinthians, um, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But now those things have been revealed by the Spirit to those who believe in Him. Isn't it amazing? No eye has seen, and we call that revelation. We call that God revealing His divine truths to us. That's why when we were living in sin and we did not know God, we could not hear God, we could not understand Him unless He works miraculously in our hearts and reveals Himself to us. And then He, he works our hearts so that we can receive Him. And once we receive Him, we can receive more and more truth and revelation about who He is. And now that we're following Jesus, so now that we have a revelation of God, we are growing in that revelation. We are growing in our knowledge of Him. You sh your life should not be static. Come on now. If you've been in this church or if you are attending a church and you're the same person still after 10, 15, 20 years, then you don't understand the secrets. Of the you don't understand the kingdom. You don't understand who God is because you're not growing. But if you do have a personal relationship with Him, the, 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 the result of that in your life would be growth in your knowledge of Him, growth in, in, your, in your discipleship. There's going to be growth. You'll see it. You're, you'll hear Him more. You'll, you'll be familiar with His voice. And that's what it does. So the disciples initially did not understand the parable, but Jesus was patient enough to explain it to them. Okay, so He left the crowds hanging, but... He explained it patiently to his disciples. Okay, did they deserve that? They didn't deserve that. But God gave it to them. Okay, so that's grace. That's grace. Just like what Larry said a while ago. We don't deserve these things, but God gave it to us anyway. Okay, so God's given them grace, and so Jesus explains the parable to them. So he explained the meaning of the parable, and he focused on the seeds. Now, let's look at that, how Jesus explained it. In verse 11, he said, now this, what's that? 
Now this, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed in that parable is the word of God. Now, if you look at the parables of Christ, most of his parables would only have one point. But this one has, is an exception because if you look at it in its form and the way he interpreted it, Jesus interpreted it, he interpreted it allegorically. And some, some people would say, that's not how you interpret parables, you know. But, well, go bring your complaint to Jesus, the one who spoke the parable and the Lord of all. So, so but we can't take allegory and use it, apply it to all parables. This is more an exception than the norm. As we will look at the other parables in these following weeks, we will see that all his, most of his parables, uh, almost all of his parables dealt only with one point. Okay, and this parable also deals with one point, but he interpreted all the other elements in that parable. And so here he said, the seed is the word of God. Now, the word of God here, spoken of here in this word, the word word is translated word in English. And in Greek, it is the word logos, which means, you know, uh, the whole understanding of God, the, 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 the reason for our existence. The Logos. That's a Greek concept. Okay? A Greek concept of that we exist because of a reason. And what is that reason? We don't know. That is a, a, it's such a huge, it's a, such an infinite concept that the Greeks coined the term for it. It's called the Logos. The reason for all things. And it's interesting. In John, John said, In the beginning was the word, the Logos. In the beginning, before creation, the Logos existed. And the, logo, the word, Logos, was with God. And the word was God. The Logos was with God. The Logos was God. He was with God in the beginning. He, and through Him, all things were made. Through the Logos, all things were made. How did God create the universe? How did He create the universe? He spoke things into being. He spoke His word. And in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says there, And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Logos, the reason for all things, the reason why all things exist, the meaning for all things, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And this Logos is none other than Christ Himself. And so the seed is the Word of God and in this rendering, the word logos means the content of the message of the kingdom. Okay? So what this actually is what Jesus has been preaching. Contextually, the word of God here refers to the preaching of the message of the kingdom. Okay? So if you look at the greater pericope of this story, you'll see that Jesus was preaching the message of the kingdom. And then here he said, I gave you the secrets of the kingdom of God. And so the word of God is the preaching of the message of God's kingdom. And then he also said that the places where the seed of God's word is sown are the soils of people's hearts. Okay, it says there, the ones along the path are those. Remember, that there's the path, 
the, the, the rocky places, the thorn, thorny places, and the good soil. The ones along the path are those who have heard the word of God. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Okay? <clears throat> so that they may not believe, believe so that they may not believe and be saved. So if you know what a path is, if you're a, a, a farmer, you know there is a patch of ground where you sow your seeds, right? But there's also a place on that patch of ground where you walk on. And usually the path the place where you walk on is called the path. And that type of ground over time becomes hardened. It's trampled upon. It's walked on, and it's not sown, and it's, it becomes hard soil. Okay? And so when you try to sow seeds into the sower, the sower usually have like a sling bag full of seeds. Okay? So, and then so as they were walking, they would throw the, the seeds into the, the ground. Some would fall along the path, some along rocky grounds, some along, among the, the thorns. Some among good soil. And some of the, the seeds that fell on the path are those who have heard the word, but the devil immediately took the word away from their hearts. Why? Because the word could not penetrate the soil. The, the seed could not penetrate the soil because it was hard. <clears throat> and because the, so, the seed did not penetrate the soil, they, they did not believe and therefore they were not saved. See, a hardened heart is a heart that has been trampled upon by so many things. And because you've been trampled, you become hardened. You become desensitized even to the very Word of God. Okay? When my heart was still hard, I've been read, I, I tried to read this, this book. It did not make sense. Every time it was read... You know, I grew up. As, I, you know, I grew up um, going to mass nominally. I usually go there just to be with my friends. I go. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I attended the service so that I would not be ridiculed by my friends. Yeah, that's the main mo motivation. But whenever this word was spoken and read, it's not making sense to me. Why? Because my heart was hard. Okay. And Jesus also, in this little verse here, Jesus also reveals the reality of a spiritual, of a cosmic battle for your heart, especially if your heart is hard. The reality of an enemy that takes away the very thing that can set you free, the very thing that can save you. The reality of an enemy called the devil. Okay? He's not a figment of anyone's imagination God, Jesus himself spoke of the reality of the devil who steals that word from your heart probably you've, you're familiar with him you've never seen this being but you're, you're looking back you probably see some of his fingerprints in, in your life have you ever been have you ever had this experience where you knew you had to read God's word you had to read the Bible and just the time you're going to read it some distraction will come up 
and all of a sudden you, do, you end up not reading it. And then over time of not receiving the word, your heart becomes hard. That's what the enemy does. It's a spiritual battle. Okay? And Jesus revealed the reality of this spiritual warfare. A hard heart is a heart of unbelief. Question now is this. Do you listen to God's word with an unbelieving heart? Because if you listen to God's word with an unbelieving heart, you will not hear what he is saying. You'll just hear words. Blah, 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 blah. How many of you grew up watching Charlie Brown? Or, or Peanuts? Or Snoopy? You know, from their perspective, when the adults would speak, how, how did the adults sound? How did the adults sound? Remember that? Some of you are not... Even, you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Some of you don't even know what this image is of a typewriter. This is, this is our computer before. <clears throat> you're actually printing when you're typing. Today you type and then edit and then you print. Anyway, going back to it's Charlie Brown, you know, the adults. When the kids would speak to each other, you can understand them. But when you know if it's an adult speaking... Because it's it's like that. Sometimes it's blah 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 blah. That's how that's how kids hear you. Sometimes, hey, could you go and do the dishes? Yes. <laughs> could you throw the trash, please? Yes, mom. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. But what they actually heard was. Right? They hear, but they're not really listening. How many of us are like that? <clears throat> and in verse 13, he continues, <clears throat> And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. How many of you receive God's word with joy? Do you remember the first time it all made sense to you? <laughs> Whoa! Embrace it, right? In the beginning, they, they receive it with joy, but these have no roots, rocky places. It's soil, it's shallow soil, but it has rocks underneath. So the seed can grow in that shallow soil, but only up to a certain point, and it could not take root because of the rock that's blocking it. Because these have no root, they believe for a while. How many of you know people like that? They've believed for a while, but they're no longer believers. They no longer believe. They were on fire before. All they could think of was God and His, and his kingdom and, and God's purpose to their lives. And they were so passionate about the mission of God and how it was such a privilege to be part of that mission. And now they're moving to a different drumbeat. They believed only for a while. And in time of testing, they fall away. The danger of falling away is, I don't want, we don't have time to talk about that, but there are dangers of falling away from, from God, walking away from Him, especially if you've already tasted that the Lord is good. You've already experienced it. You've already come to know Him. You've believed in Him before, and you turn your back on Him. That is a scary thing. I'll just leave it at that. Think about that. 
Those who have ears, let them hear. <clears throat> the rocky soil is a shallow or casual heart. It's a shallow heart. Okay? Uh, they initially hear God's word, but they have a very casual attitude about it. And that's why the word does not take root. So Jesus is revealing the different types of hearts. And he's not making things up. These are, actu- these are re- real situations in people's lives. There are those who, whose hearts are so hard they reject the word. There are those whose hearts are so shallow. They receive the word initially but only to a certain point and then they fall away. They don't allow the word of God to take root in their lives. They don't allow God's word to take root enough to bring transformation in their lives. And they don't make any effort to develop their spiritual roots over time. They just go through the motions. Maybe some of you are here today, you're just going through the motions. You just enjoy coming to victory because you enjoy the fellowship more than you enjoy your relationship with Jesus. And with this type of heart, question is, do you listen to God's word casually? Or are you attentive to His word? Let me ask you this. When's the last time you read this? When was the last time you opened this? Look at the person beside you and ask that person, when was the last time? Some of you are not even turning because all of you are like guilty. I can't ask that question because they will ask me. And really, when was the last time you opened this thing? I don't open that because I use my Bible app. Oh, when's the last time you opened your app? When was the last time you allowed the Word to speak to you? When was the last time you sought God's Word as if it was your very life? Or are you getting your life, drawing your life from something else? Are you allowing something else to define you? Or is the Word of God defining you? Ouch. Pastor Neil, you, you're thinking of me when you prepare this message. No. That's too conceited of you. Do you really think that of all these people, I'm thinking just of you, create a message just for you. You think too highly of yourself if you're thinking that. <laughs> but if you're being hit by this, he who has ears, let him hear. Do you listen to God's word casually? Verse 14, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, remember, the plant grew as well. But here's the thing. It's not only the plant that grew. The thorns grew with the plant, with the plant that came out of the seed. So as the plant from the seed was growing, the thorns were growing with it. That's what, that's what verse, uh, I think verse 7 and verse 8 said. For those among the th- fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares or the worries of this world or by the anxieties of this world. How many of you are anxious? Oh, me? Anxious? No. no. I'm not anxious. So you're anxious, you're worried. You know, you, all, you read the news all the time. You're always looking at the news and get depressed. S- stop reading the news. 
start reading the good news. Okay, don't allow just the, the news, don't allow the news to define you. Okay, let this word define you, the good news. They are choked by the cares of this world, the, rich, the riches of this world. Ah! They, they don't like to be choked. People don't like to be choked by anxiety, but they like to be choked by riches. They want to drown in their riches. And they're choked by the pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. So they don't grow. They're distracted. These are people who are distracted by the worries of life, by money, and by living a life of happiness. One of the values of American society, the pursuit of happiness. Happiness is not something you pursue. Happiness is something that pursues you if you're pursuing the right thing. But we've made it the pursuit. That's why people are not happy. They're depressed. This is a depressed nation. They're trying to pursue something that's trying to pursue them. Don't pursue me. Let me pursue you. No, no, no. You like, you, have you seen that? You're both it. You're playing tag and you're both it. <laughs> trying to pursue each other. You think you're both it. So, so the plant's growth is choked by the thorns. Rendering, Im rendering immature and unfruitful. Verse 7, let's go to verse 7. says, and some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. So you see, this is over time. These things are not just one-time events. These are things that you tolerate in your life that grow up with you along with you growing in your faith. But as you grow in your faith, the, the worries become stronger. The, the pull of the riches becomes stronger. It's all your passion now is to get rich quick. And make, your make a name for yourself. And then once you make your, your first sale, you post it on Facebook. And you, you buy your coat and you look successful. You project an image that you're success. And all that's all you talk about. Money. Let me tell you about how to make you successful. These things will choke you. It will choke the life out of you. And let me tell you a sad reality. How many billionaires, billionaires who sleep on their money are actually unhappy, depressed, and how many kill themselves? Because money cannot buy them life or meaning in life. They realize that. These are the things of the world that you tolerate in your life and that chokes you. Wrong priorities. Wrong values. I remember a story of a guy who was wearing his, I'm wearing a suit today. You think the suit is expensive? No, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just Banana Republic. It's funny, I heard uh, someone, a professional player, so, you know, I think one of the honor, you know, um, I think it was NFL or uh, no NBA honors, and then they were asked. They were, they, were wearing their, they were wearing their Louis Vuitton garb and all. And this guy goes, "So oh, you look dapper today? Oh yeah, yeah. These are all Banana Republic basketball player, NBA player." I was like, "Way to go, buddy!" <laughs> so anyway, there, he was wearing. This guy was wearing his his, his uh, Armani suit, 
And then he was wearing his Rolex, his most expensive Rolex, and he, he, was, he went for a drive in his Ferrari. But he met an accident. He totaled his Ferrari, and so he was going. As, as, as he was there, he was in shock. My Ferrari, my Ferrari! Because it was total, he was depressed. My Ferrari! And then the, and then the, you know, the, the paramedics came, and he was shouting, my Ferrari, my Ferrari! And then the paramedics go, you're so concerned with your, sir, why are you so concerned with your car? You're so concerned with your car, you, don't, you didn't even notice that your left arm had, had, been, had been cut off. <gasps> My Rolex too! It's funny. A lot of people are like that. So many people are so focused, or let me say distracted by the things of this world that they don't realize that they are losing themselves in the process. They're losing their lives. These things are choking the life out of you. This is the distracted heart. The distracted heart cannot, you know, is not a good soil for the Word of God to grow. Distracted hearts are people who are immature and unfruitful in their faith. Question. When God speaks, are you distracted by worry, riches, and the pleasures of the world? Do you even hear God at all? Okay, the last one. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and, and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Actually, other translations like the NIV and some of the others render this more correctly as perseverance because it requires perseverance when you follow Christ. Bearing fruit, bearing His name and bearing His fruit requires perseverance because when you, when you become a follower of Christ, you can't expect the, the world to give you a standing ovation and say, awesome dude, you followed Christ. Well, you know what, what the world will do? It's the opposite. You follow what? You follow who again? So you're missing out on life, dude. You're missing out on the parties. You know? Ow. <laughs> Careful, my wife's looking at me now. My wife's like that. Oh, no. Oh, I better remember. Okay. <laughs> this is a noble and believing heart. Allows God to cultivate it, it allows God to fashion it, and it allows God to form it, transform it, it allows God to be God, and therefore bears fruit in his life. The question now is Is your heart good soil for God's word? So let me ask this question How can we be of good, how can we be good soil for God, the word of God? Do you want to be good soil for God's word? I mean, any logical person, when you hear that parable, I don't want to be this, this, and that. I want to be the fourth one. I want to be good soil. Right? So how can we be good soil for God's word? God's word is preached to all kinds of hearts. And if you notice, all these kinds of hearts have the potential to be good soil. But what becomes good soil? 
Good soil is the one that is cultivated. The one that allows itself to be cultivated. Okay? Will you allow God to transform your life? Will you allow God's people to speak God's word to you, to speak to you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear? Will you allow God's, God's representative to correct you, to tell you that you need to change, to call you to account, to accountability? See, a cultivated heart is good soil for God's word. Consider the statements of Jesus. Again, going back, how, how can we cultivate our hearts? It all goes back to us hearing God's word. He who has ears, let him hear. And it's not just the physical hearing, but it's, it's having that attitude, that posture of receiving God's word for what it is. It is God's word. Therefore, I should not trash it. I should not disrespect it. I should not ignore it. Like what the apostles said when, Peter, when, when the crowds left Jesus and Jesus looked at his disciples. Are you going to leave me as well? Abandon me as well? And the disciples said, where shall we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. There's no place for us to be. After hearing this, there's no place we would rather be than be with you. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you hearing the sound of a, another drum? Are you following the sound of another drum or are you following God's word? Are you hearing God's word? Are you opening up your heart to hear God's word? To listen to God's word? In verse 18, again, I'm talking to you about, we read from verse 4 to 15. But the whole pericope of this until verse 18 tells you that it's all about how you receive God's word, how you listen. Be careful, therefore, be careful, therefore how you listen. How you listen. For to him who has spiritual knowledge, more will be given. And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks and guesses and supposes that he has will be taken away. Consider how you listen. Consider your attitude before the God's word. The spoke the God's spoken word and his written word here, what he says. The spirit behind his, his written word. How are you treating God's word? How are you receiving it? How are you listening to it? Oh yeah, this is good advice. You know, this is, you know, I also get advice from this, from that, from the New Age movement, from this religion, from here, from Oprah, from, you know, from all these talk show hosts, from, from Jimmy, the, the great wisdom of Jimmy Fallon. You know, so... If you treat the word of God as one of many, then you are missing the point. You want to be good soil? Consider how you listen. Consider how you receive God's word. Always have your heart cultivated 
ready to receive his word. So to summarize, as we, as we conclude here, do you listen to God with unbelief? The result of that would be a stolen life and it will render you fruitless. The word of God is your life. And if that is stolen from you, what life do you have? You don't have any life. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, the Logos, the word of God, you are nothing. You can do nothing. That's why you need me. So you need Jesus. Do you listen to God's word with unbelief? You'll have, your life will be stolen from you. You will not live your life with purpose, with the reason why you were created. And your life will be fruitless. Do you listen to God, God's word with a casual attitude? The result of that would be an uprooted life. Again, fruitless. Do you listen to God with a distracted heart? That will result to a stunted life. You will stop growing and you will also be fruitless. You will forever remain immature. Or do you listen to God with a cultivated heart, allowing yourself to become good soil for God's word? If so, that results to a fruitful and abundant life in Christ. You are living in the very reason why you were created. So, let's all stand right now as we end. The whole point of this parable is listening to God's word, receiving God's word for what it truly is, that it is God's word, our very life. How do you receive it? How do you treat God's word? Some of you may need to repent today, not spending time with God in his word. That's why here in Victory, we we teach people, as a a disciple, you are to get into God's Word. The discipline of reading this on a daily basis will get you in touch with the spirit of the Word. And that will bring life to you. Over time, you will realize, this is my life. And as you look at the entire narrative of 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 the Scriptures, the entire narrative of biblical history. It's redemption history. I am part of that story. And God has a plan and purpose for me and his people. There is a reality that is beyond just us. Beyond ourselves. Many times we get so stuck with ourselves. The problem is when we focus on self, we become self-reliant and then we become self-absorbed the problem with that is that later on we will self-destruct we're not designed 
to live and trust in our in ourselves we are designed to trust in God we are to take him at his word and live according to his word allow his word to transform us as we end my main point is this how we listen to God determines whether or not we walk in the fullness of the life he gives us every heart has the potential to become good soil the word of God is the same but the impact of God's word depends on your hearts how do you receive God's word let's bow our heads and pray Father today you know our hearts you know the conditions of our hearts our souls our minds, our thoughts, our very beings you know our motive, you know our motivations you know our secrets <clears throat> the things that we keep from people you also know the images that we project lord to make people think that we're okay but we allow ourselves to live in a lie lord we pray i pray god that we would get out of every pretense and that we would be real and authentic with you and if if you are here today saying, I, I have been negligent of my time with God, my prayer time and my reading. It's not, about, <clears throat> it's not about you trying to get to do this. It's trying to see you why you need to do those things. It's not the activity. It's the person you're meeting in the midst of those activities. It's the person of God. It's the person of the Logos you're encountering as you read this word as you pray Lord help us Lord help us not to be <clears throat> not to be tramp Lord to allow the tramp those things that trampled our hearts to, Lord help us not to allow those things to to make our hearts hard and help us Lord to <clears throat> Lord to be focused and reject all the distractions and also the things that, that choke us. And Lord, deliver us from, a, from this cavalier and casual attitude when it comes to your word. Lord, you died for us. How dare we have a casual attitude towards your word. Lord, would, would you open our eyes, help us realize our fault and we say here here we are Lord sin and all fault and all flaws and all imperfections and all Lord here we are we ask that you would receive us and we repent of our neglect of neglecting our relationship with you we repent of neglecting our spiritual life with you we repent of allowing things to detract us and to distract us to deviate us from your purpose. <clears throat> we repent of allowing things to captivate our hearts, whether it be relationships, whether it be money, or the worries of this world. Lord, we repent of turning away. And Lord, we ask, as we repent, we ask for your forgiveness. And we ask that you would come. And Lord, as you were patient with the disciples and explained the parable to them, we thank you that you are patient with each of us. You love us. You are for us. And you want your word 
to bear fruit in our lives. That means we have to be good soil. So Lord, today, we embrace your word and we pray that you would, we, we, we say we commit, by your grace, we commit to allow our, our lives, our hearts, our being to be cultivated by you, by your word, and by your people whom you will use to speak your word to us. <clears throat> if that's you, if you repented, if, if that rang true to you, would you lift up your hand and just acknowledge before God your helplessness and allow Him to take you. If you want God to make you into a good soil and you're serious about that, could you just lift up your hand and I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Just lift up your hand. Lord, you see the hands of these people. Don't lift up your hand if you're not serious. But if you're serious with this one, it's not the lifting up of the hands, but it's the acknowledgement before God that I that you need Him. Lord, you see all these hands lifted up. But I pray that you would cause your spirit, Lord, to Lord, to regenerate those dead areas in their lives and that you would speak life into them. Lord, that you would open their eyes and cause their hearts to burn when they hear your word. Lord, let there be, <clears throat> Lord, it's, the, it's a reawakening. Let there be an awakening uh, with regards to your word, Lord, when they open this word that they would encounter your very presence that their hearts will be open and Lord that their hearts will be cultivated that they would allow themselves to be cultivated by you and those you sent to them and Lord today I just pray that you would deliver and release all these people into the fullness of the life that you have meant for them help them to receive the word of God into their hearts and let God's word, your truth, bear fruit in their lives, bringing glory and honor to your name. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm included in this prayer, Lord. Lord, my position as a pastor does not make me, make me exempt. I need you as well. So, Lord, we need you. So, Lord, help these people. Can we all lift up our hands this morning? <clears throat> Lord, we all lift up our hands and surrender and we say, Lord, here we are. Lord, in whatever stage we are in our lives, in our walk with you, Father, bring us to the next level. Lord, help us. Lord, give us a divine discontent. Lord, that we would not be content where we are and that we would desire to know you more. Just like the disciples, Lord, they did not understand. They said, Lord, what do you mean? Their heart was exposed. They, they wanted to know you more. They wanted to know more of your truth. And Lord, help us to be like that. That we would embrace and want to know more of your word for our lives. And Lord, help us to live according to your word. And may we submit to your word. So that you will be honored and glorified in and through our lives. Lord, I pray all of this for all of us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our living word.